The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you are coming to me? Jesus said to him in reply, Allow it now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. After Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened for him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a voice came from the heavens saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. We all do it. We all doubt who we are. We doubt ourselves, right? We, we doubt our abilities. We doubt how other people feel about us or how they see us. We even come to a point where sometimes we doubt our significance or importance or purpose in life. It's one of the most important psychological and emotional and then I think especially spiritual needs that we all have. It's to know who we really are, to have an identity. It's one of the toughest things about growing up. Those of you who are, are, are young ones and teens here tonight, I mean, one of the difficult things about being a teenager is all of a sudden you're trying to figure out who am I and what is my place in this world? We have several ways we try to do it and we try to define ourselves. Here's one. I am what I've done. Feels good as long as we've got great accomplishments, right? But of course, even those eventually sort of fade away. People forget about our accomplishments. And inevitably, there's failures. And with those failures usually come the voices that are always distracting us and discouraging us. I mean, how many of us... (laughs) define ourselves by our mistakes. (laughs) Here's another one. I am what I have. Things give me status. Now, of course, we all know that's ridiculous. Yeah, say that. Try to teach that to the kid who's the only one in his class who doesn't have an iPhone and what that means for his status. (laughs) Here's another one. I am what others say I am. Okay, see, we know that's ridiculous too. You shouldn't listen to them. (laughs) Oh, but come on, we all seek approval. We're all, you know, constantly trying to impress other people, putting on our very best. And we find ourselves sort of rising and falling on the opinions of others. And then there's another one that is especially in our culture and what's happening in our our world today. I am what I say I am. The freedom, I am free to define myself right? Who I say that I am. We call it the autonomous self. It's just another way in which we try to be our own God. I'm going to create the self that I want to be, all in the name of just, you know, being true to myself. Oh, so I am a man, biologically, but I feel like I'm a woman, so I am a woman, Or I have certain inclinations. 
And so I am gay, or I am lesbian, or I am straight. It's how I feel. I want to be really careful here because I know that's a struggle, and, and, and feelings are powerful. But are our feelings, all of our feelings, always good? Are they always right? And is that how we really want to define ourselves? One of the key missing ingredients in our culture today is fatherhood, right? Fathers give us either the X or the Y, which makes us female or male. But so also emotionally and psychologically and spiritually, they shape us. I mean, how defining it is when you have a father who loves you and is affectionate, who believes in you and and you know you have dad's approval. It gives you confidence and security. It gives you an identity. But when it's missing, when either he's absent or even just emotionally absent, almost nothing can fill that void. Although we try, right? We often try to fill that void, but then we usually end up wounding ourselves even more than that. Now, I said almost nothing, but actually there is something, and this is everything. I mean, even when you have the very best father in the world, actually, he's only giving you a little glimpse of the real thing, of what you really need. And in fact, this is, on the other hand, the very same reason why Satan is trying so desperately to destroy this connection and to cause such confusion and to make the mess that he's made. There is something else. I want to go back now to the gospel reading today of Jesus and his baptism. John tries to stop him. This is a baptism for sinners. You are the sinless Son of God. You should be baptizing me. But Jesus insists on it. We've got to do this in order to fulfill all righteousness, in order to make things right. See, because we are sinners. That's who we are. That defines us. In fact, you could say that's all that we are. We're sinful, we're broken, we're confused. And we know it. This is why we're on this desperate search. This is why we're doubting ourselves constantly and trying to find our importance. We know that we should be something more than what we are. We should be better than this. Praise Jesus, because he gets into the water. The sinless one gets into the water with sinners. Because what he's doing is he is identifying with us. He's giving us then an identity. He's letting us identify with him. The great mystery that happens in his baptism is this. Everything that is his becomes ours. And everything that is ours becomes his. And that's what we call the exchange. We're going to hear this in the gospel reading next week, but these are familiar words to us. John the Baptist is going to, we're going to hear point to Jesus and say, look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. See, when we are baptized, all of our sin is washed away. It's washed off of us. But when he gets into the Jordan River, it's like all of our sin that washed off and it's in the water. It's like it washes onto him. And then he takes it on himself and he carries it from the Jordan River 
to the cross. Even though he's sinless, he becomes the sinner. And he takes it all with him. And the reason why you know these words, if you've worshipped here before, because we repeat them week after week at the whole Eucharist. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Why? Because He is here again with us. What's Jesus here doing? Identifying with us. And He's taking our sin again to that cross. We are not defined by our sins. We're not defined by our mistakes, by our confusion, by the mess of our lives. No. No, 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 no. No. It's not what I've done. It's what he's done. He has carried our sin and he's opened up heaven for us. It's not what I have. It's what he has and what he gives to us. His righteousness, His perfection that He gives to you and to me, and His Holy Spirit that He pours out and He puts into your heart so that you come alive and have faith. It's not what others say about you. It's not even what you say about yourself. It's what His Father says about you. See, what His Father said about Jesus at baptism is what your Father now says about you. You are my dearly loved, cherished, precious daughter. I love you. You are my son. I'm so pleased with you. This is what your father says now about you. This is the thing that you're looking for. This is what we need. This is what, if you've even got a good father, he's supposed to just give you a sense of this. That you have your father's love and your father's approval. That's how to live. That's how to be confident, how to be secure, and and never doubt it. Never doubt who you really are. Did Jesus ever doubt it? Study his life. Jesus never doubted that he had his Father's love and acceptance. Now, Satan and many other people try to get him to doubt who he is, the Son of God. Remember, even he's hanging from the cross and they're, oh, if you're the Son of God, (laughs) you're not really, we know. No, nothing can get in the way between him and his Father. Because, see, Jesus was constantly seeking out his Father, constantly going to him in prayer. How many times did he retreat away off on a mountain or wherever, and he was always in conversation with his father, seeking what his father's will was for his life, and trusting that his father's will is always good. This is why Jesus has the courage and and the endurance to go to that cross, because he knows, he knows he has his father's love and approval. He knows it, and he's confident in it. What is his? That's now yours. It's yours. Jesus is your brother. And you have his Holy Spirit upon you. His father? His father says, oh, oh, you have no idea. I love you so much. You don't have to win my approval. You have my approval. Go live your life and be courageous. I want to stop now and I'm actually finishing my homily, and I want to give you just that moment to think about now the week ahead. 
How would your life be different this week if you live more confidently in who you really are, cherished by our Father?